really got to try on that left-hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome once again to the Scrum of the Earth podcast, the podcast that, what do we do? We offer news, we offer results, we offer predictions, and as it turns out, we offer some pretty cool interviews, as uh, I'm sure you're in the middle of finding out. So my name is David Lawrence, I'm an American rugby fan, I follow rugby as much as I can all over the globe, it's pretty great. My podcast, The Scrum of the Earth, is a weekly podcast with bonus episodes thrown in and this one is, uh, of course, one of those. In fact, it's the third part of a bonus episode. So maybe I'm getting a little silly with this stuff. So thank you so much for tuning in. Please get in touch whenever you like. Uh, hearing from you is my favorite part of this whole deal. I'm easily accessible. I am at of Scrum. I'm always uh, via the Scrum of the Earth at gmail.com. So please just drop me a line whenever and wherever. It's always cool. I love it. It's one of my favorite things. In fact, the favorite thing. So, as mentioned, uh, this is the third part of a three-part bonus episode. It's a long conversation with Jonathan Beardmore, a guy I've been listening to for a long time on his podcast, The Egg Chasers, a great podcast that I highly recommend, as I have done so quite often on this very pod. Um, it's, it was so much fun to talk to him. Uh, we just went on and on. I swear to God, it, it felt like we could just have gone three more hours. That's not an opportunity I get very often, and especially to talk to somebody with his sort of his knowledge level, his expertise, his uh, his experience, and uh, not just rugby experience, but potting experience too. It's just a what a treat for me. It's been fantastic. So um, I'm frankly kind of sad that this is the last of my chat with JB for now. Um, so please do yourself a favor, go check out his little tiny little uh, struggling podcast. I'm sure that the support from my own fan base will will make all the difference for him. And uh, oh wait. Quick tiny side note, um, I think this is the segment of the conversation where there's uh, technically some some swearing. Um, it's all the same word. It's a word that begins with the letter S and has four letters. Pretty obvious. I've discovered a lot of people nowadays don't even think that that word is a swear. I, I was teaching an English class once at a college level, and somebody submitted an essay with that word three times in it, and they thought it was a serious college essay. So it occurs to me that some people just – and I'm not saying uh, – JB is not a <laughs> – I'm not making any kind of comments about that. I'm just saying uh, many people don't think it's a swear nowadays. And uh, so I think technically it is. I'm leaving the clean logo on this episode. Um, but if you are about to crank this up to full volume and have your kids around, uh, guess what? There will, there will be like three or four – can we call them S-bombs? But they'll be right in a row, and uh, to me, it's not too big a deal, and I hope nobody's offended by that. Uh, I really don't want to burn anyone's ears. Marvelous, marvelous player. And yeah, yeah. what does it tell you about the fact that he, he picks and chooses when he goes to England camp? The fact that he was like, no, I'm, uh, I'm out of the Lions tour. I, I was like, wow. Yeah. Uh, guy knows exactly what he wants. Like, he was retired when he went to the World Cup last time. Eddie Jones had to coax him out of retirement, basically. And there he was playing in the final moments of that of that final. And some people say if he had been in more of that game, might have. I, I don't think so, but might have gone differently. You know, my favorite Joe Mar- Joe Marler moment, right, was um, 
not last year, but the year before. And it was when he was getting really badly beaten up, like really badly beaten up. And he moved from loose head to tight head. I don't know if you remember this, but the the second tight head from Harlequins went down. They were playing playing Leicester Tigers. And he knew what was coming. Like he knew that when he packed down at tight head, he's going to get one of the biggest hidings of his life. And he <laughs> did. For the next 10 minutes, he just took an absolute beating. But he, stu- but he stood in there, you know. Uh, that, to me, is more impressive than yeah. the guy says, yeah, actually, I'll just carry on on the, on the loose head. Uh, you know, I'll be safe here. No, no, I'll, I'll shift across. And for the next 20 minutes, I'll be embarrassed in front of the 80,000 people that, in, 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 in Twickenham. I thought that was awesome. Uh, I've, I've got one random one for you. I'm trying to find it here to make sure I get it right. Um, basically, the idea is, because you love playing. I, I think you love watching rugby, obviously, but you, I think you love playing it at least as much, probably. Yeah, I'd say so. So y- your two choices are you score a try for England uh, in a World Cup. Okay, I like that one. Versus you score the season-winning try for Talk H mm. in the rain after the 80-minute marker. Okay, so I think we need to modify this somewhat. Um, for a couple of reasons. I think there's every chance that uh, Tok H um, and myself will win multiple leagues anyway. So, <laughs> oh, this isn't a dream. This is just a thing that's about yeah, to happen. I see. It's just a thing that we do, right? It's just a thing that we do. We should have won the league uh, before it got cancelled for COVID. I'm sure we'll be in the mix again. We're in the mix constantly. We're, we're a very good team. Now, the England one would be in- more interesting. Now, if I'm scoring a try for England, it means that I've probably been in the England setup for a little while. Wouldn't it be my first try or unlikely to be my first try because that's just not how these things work. But if you modified it to say, look, you've got a late call up because something horrendous has happened. Like, do you remember Andy Nickel played for the Lions? Yep. So Andy Nickel was the bag carrier. And in the third Lions test in Australia, he got called on called, called onto the bench because they ran out of sub. They oh gosh. Were, yeah, they ran out, ran out of substitutes. Now, we didn't come on. Now, if I played for England under those sort of conditions where, I don't know, I happen to be in the area, I qualify, look, can you just sit on the bench for five minutes? Look, you're going to have to go on. <laughs> go on, go on two minutes. You're literally holding a Snickers bar when they pick you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've, drank, I've, I've drank half a Guinness. I've drank half a Guinness. Now, look, you, oh, you've got to sit on the bench, and that's it. We, won't, we honestly won't call you up. But then I go on for two minutes and score. Yeah, I'm having that, definitely. <laughs> off the back of a mall I just steal it off, off the back of a mall doss it down what, what is your preferred position it's funny we, we we listeners of yours hear you talk about Talk H a lot but I don't even know what position you play does, mm-hmm. it, move, does it move around yeah I move around as and when as and when needed uh, so this week I'm playing in Sandy Park at 6 Ooh. so that'll be good so I'm playing in Ben Moon's testimonial oh uh, that, I actually heard about this game yeah I don't, I don't think that it's actually available to see anywhere but no. I, got an, I got an invite to buy tickets, which I considered doing. <laughs> so we've got pretty pretty strong team. Tom Vondell, uh, Steph Armitage. Um, there's a, you know, there is a bunch of boys. I'm playing six in that game. Now, I don't know what my actual... So most of my time is spent at, at higher prop because I really enjoy it. And, you know, it's an easy way to get into any team if you, um, if you can prop. But I'm probably more adept at eight or six. Oh, yeah? Yeah, probably. What is the hardest position on the field? Hmm. What takes the most years to be truly good at? 
I think probably loose head, loose head or tight head. Right. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, in it, the... it's the hardest thing to grok as a viewer if you don't know what's going on in there. It's like yeah. okay, then they shove, and then the referee calls a penalty. In the pack, it is definitely those two positions. I'd say. In the on the team, it's probably got a fly half, hasn't it? All okay. those hours honing those skills. You know, not only you've got to think about catching and passing, now you've got to think about kicking. Can't, uh, do you know what? A really brilliant 12, because you literally need to be able to do everything, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Defense That's true, because you'll end up fielding some high balls, and yeah, you'll you'll do some fullback, and you'll do, yeah, you'll do everything. Yeah, I mean... And you're going to get whacked while you're doing it. Exactly. So to be a player, like, the guy I used to love is Damien Trey. Damien oh, Trey, six foot four, French guy, shoulders, you know, as broad as anything, um, but he could kick, he could play 10, he could play fullback, he could be a defensive leader. He could what, is a, what does Te uh, Teddy Toma play? Does he play 12? He play uh, Teddy Toma is on the wing. Okay. Uh, again, phenomenal talent. But he's more of a natural talent. You know? He's so good. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of some other big, like, big centres. Yannick Jojon was the other one which I used to love for France. Uh, again, can do pretty much everything. Yeah, the French seem to have a have have a lot of these guys come come to think of it. It feels like they have redundancy at key positions too, which is huge. Yeah, yeah, com completely agree. So yeah, maybe a really high quality twelve or ten. I don't know. They they all need a. I think every position on a rugby field deserves a deserves a lot of respect. Uh, I'll give you an example of why. Because yesterday we were doing scrum uh, scrummaging practice for Talk H. And we practice in a weird way, which is you run 10 yards away from the scrum and you run 10 yards in. So you run 10 yards away and then you return to the scrum. We've got two packs of eights and eight and they're going back and forth. And the idea is that we do that because in a game you run to a scrum and you don't have time to you know, discuss and talk about your technique and it can't you know, go, into, go into a talking shop. And I found one of the flankers returning to the scrum not looking like he particularly wanted to scrimmage. Like, well, you know, what's up with you? Why Why do you look so relaxed? Why are you not ready, like, like ready to scrimmage? He goes, yeah, yeah, I, I get it, but I don't have much to do. So, okay, every everybody stop. Everyone's got <laughs> Right, every back row here, tell me one thing that you've got to do at scrum time. And the point I'm, try I'm, that I, I'm trying to make really is even positions where you don't think there's much going on, you can think about two or three things where you know, you could coast on, on, on the flank or you could take your five jobs really, really seriously and say, mm. well, I'm calling the ball. I've got to make sure that, you know, my, uh, that I'm squeeze that I'm, that I'm squeezing in, squeezing in my prop. I've got to make sure that I know where the eight's hands are because the eight's hands are usually a really good sign if he's going to pick it up or not. I've got to be looking at where the, you know, where, where, the, um, where the 10 is. So this guy returning back, thinks he's got nothing to do he's actually got more jobs to do than the prop who's got to basically think about pushing <laughs> it's not as not as obvious so all of the positions in in, in rugby deserve quite a lot of respect well and co co coach belichick always talks about uh the the things that you don't need talent or skill to do you know Absolutely. Get, up, get off the ground faster head after that ball faster you know be the first one to pick it up i'm don't, sure, don't stand around i'm sure it's warren gatland that says do the jobs that require no 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 skill the best. Mm. Or my old coach used to say, a guy called Jason Duffy, who's a wonderful coach. Um, shit jobs. We just used to say shit jobs, shit jobs. Do you you know because that's all he's you know if you do your shit jobs, you get off the floor, you hit the ruck, get off the floor, hit the ruck. You can be very useful, very useful. Well, it's funny because it took me a long time watching before I really started to get that whole idea of 
the more times you have to get up off the floor, the harder it is. And the heavier you are doing that, that's even harder. So yeah. like sometimes that can be a whole part of your game plan is just to make the other team get up a lot. This is a Rob Baxter thing, right? This yeah. is exactly what Rob Baxter says. Uh, you know, it's not about running back and forth because everyone can do that. Get off the ground, get off the ground over and over again. And yeah, yeah you, yeah, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Uh, uh, did you play? I have never played. I started watching rugby in 2017. So oh, wow. very recent. It's funny. The thing that so a friend of mine in high school traveled to New Zealand for a, a thing called the AFS, the American Field Service, where he sort of he did this whole program in spelunking and navigation and outdoor survival. And uh, when he came back, he said, all you have to know is the best sport in the world is called rugby and the yeah. best team and the best team in the world is called the All Blacks. And uh, so kind of that kind of was in the back of my mind for years and years. And it's like, it's just not on here. So if you come home from a bar at 3 a.m., ESPN2 might have a game just completely randomly. So I'd sort of go, oh, oh, here's that rugby thing. I, let me check that out. And there's people in the stands holding signs and say, try. And I'm thinking, try? That's it? Like, you mean you mean kill them, right? Like, try. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, they're not explaining it. So you know, it's really hard to, to understand, <laughs> especially at that kind of hour. You know so, so, so the Amazon Prime thing with the All Blacks, I loved that was my ticket in, which yeah. I know, which I know you guys have spoken very. In fact, everyone I know who knows rugby has said that series was crap. Um, but for me, it just it taught me all the things that I just had no idea about. The, the idea that you don't even have your number, like that's American teams, you have your number. Michael Jordan, yeah. twenty three. It's not because he was playing twenty three that day. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the problem with the All Blacks is they're effectively massive hypocrites, aren't? Um, aren't they? So that that was the book that came out. Phil always references the book. Um, uh, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it it lists why the All Blacks are such brilliant, uh, such a brilliant team. And then it comes up in like uh, board meetings up and down the uh, uh, up and down the country. You know, we need to be more like the All Blacks. Yeah. We need to keep our change rooms. We need to do this. I'm like, yeah, but they also had like a domestic abuser in there. Should we all go home and beat our wives? Only, you know? only the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They, they, they also have <laughs> Spider Mount getting a little loose there. Yeah, isn't it just crikey? Yeah, they, they've also got you know lots and lots of issues with um, drinking and you know partying too hard and you know, should we all go and do that? Uh, you know, so they're very selective. Absolutely. About, you know. <laughs> so uh, I think I should wrap it up. This is actually much longer than I thought. I can't believe you bothered to take the time to to do this. Uh, it's, it, there's it's nothing like, I'd rather do. Genuinely, uh, there's nothing I'd rather do than talk about rugby. So I just have a feeling about that. And you know, as I've said, as an American rugby fan, there's just there's no coverage. There's nothing. I literally don't know anyone who wants to talk about rugby. Not a single person. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. this podcast is my way of sort of pretending I'm talking about it with somebody, but the somebody is my computer. Well, but, um, you know, it's just similar to living in the UK. To be honest, I mean, like there's guys in my rugby club that want to talk about rugby on occasions but not many um i was uh in a small fishing bit well, it's not even fishing town but a small coastal town called conway uh the other day and a guy came up to is me is this with your pleasure barge it is it, it, it's a 38 foot most uh uh most cruise what's Thanks. her name again what's her name uh the, uh, uh, the phyllis mabel that's it and some guy came up to me and said he was a rugby fan i said oh yeah, yeah rugby fan of 
Who exactly? Some people say they're rugby fan, and they just say, oh, Welsh or Wales rugby fan or England rugby fan. I'm not interested. Leicester Tigers. There we go. First Leicester Tigers fan I'd spoken to for a long, long time, who just was a randomly Leicester Tigers fan, like not in Leicester Tigers ground, yeah. or anything, just a random guy. Ga- uh, a random guy on, guy on the street and that's it then and then we're off to the races talking about Steve Borthwick and you know everything else which I love about Leicester Tigers you know at a major league rugby game I saw a guy walking by and he had a bath jersey on a, a current bath jersey and I was like hey bath all right and he goes oh, really? <laughs> he kept walking so who knows <laughs> oh, right. I wonder if he even knew what he's wearing I, I kind of wondered the same thing <laughs> I, I wandered into a guy right um, this is in a Welsh and uh, Wales, England, and it is way before the podcast. And as I was walking back from the toilets, there was a guy walking towards me in a shirt I didn't recognize. And I had a close look. I thought, bloody hell, that guy after he'd left, I remembered that he was wearing a rugby league referee's jersey. I was like, <laughs> who comes to wow. England in a, a different sports jersey of an official? Oh, he might have been an American who didn't know that there's a difference between rugby league and rugby union. Oh, there's no one in uh, there's right. no American on earth that would ever wear a officials jersey from rugby league. Sure, <laughs> oh, God, that would take quite a few mix-ups, I guess. I, l- yeah. I looked at some Australian uh, league jerseys just because some of them are so funny, like the the Rabbitohs. I was like, the Rabbitohs, come on. <laughs> oh, I, lo- I love that jersey though. Don't do, do you? Oh yeah, that's, that's exactly. I love it. Oh, I, I just sorry. I, I I will let you go now. Honestly. Um, I was because of where we train in Manchester. Uh, we were training for a little while with, um, not with us. No, we were training in the same facility as the Toronto Wolfpack. Oh, so they had three weeks. I, I in know Man- uni. <laughs> yeah. Then, oh yeah, MMU. Yep. Yes, they were doing three weeks in MMU and then three weeks in three weeks in Toronto, back and forth. So if we were catching, we'd catch them on a. Saturday morning when they were training. I don't know why they were training on a Saturday morning, but they but but they would. It was just awesome to see. And also Manchester started filling up with Toronto Wolfpack hats, and you know, <laughs> you, you would occasionally see like Toronto Wolfpack shorts because they're such an exotic brand being yeah. in Toronto. No one has any hatred towards them, or it's just it's just something seems to have worked. And then of course COVID hit and destroyed that little project as as well. You know, there was an encouraging thing I came across. Uh, it was just just went to the grocery store and there's a girl at the cash register. I say girl because she must have been 13. Mm. I'm wearing a shirt somebody gave me. It's not my favorite rugby shirt, but it was a gift. Uh, and anyway, I, I, I love it. But it's it's that shirt that says rugby, no pads, no helmets, just balls. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. A lot of the, it's funny in America, when they do try to market rugby, it's always that. It's always like, yeah, yeah. if football was tough, they'd call it rugby and stuff. And I'm like, can, can everybody just calm down? Can we just say yeah, it's good exactly. But anyway, so I'm wearing this shirt and uh, the, the girl said, looks up and says, oh, hey, rugby, cool. And I was like, really? Do you, do you play? And she said, oh yeah, my, high, my uh, I guess it was her middle school plays. And she, she it's called Algonquin High School or Algonquin Regional School. And I realized, oh yeah. And like, if you go to a pizza place nearby, they'll have a little sign up with a, a team photo saying we support Algonquin rugby and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> Dang, this is a this is grassroots I had had never seen before. They're just yeah. starting to pop up. I thought that was pretty cool. I, well, I tell you what, I think New York's got a great scene. I played against a team called Morris uh, for who did I play for? Uh, the Bayon Bombers. 
so um this morris team shows up and the story behind them is going to be quite quite amazing like the two coaches sons were playing a lot of the lads that they had there were homegrown in fact i think all of them were pretty much homegrown and bayon bombers obviously bayon just been on the other side well you know just on the other side of the river in new york effectively a new jersey team they had australians welsh people all sorts uh, and morris were very very good and that's exactly it it's like this little stronghold somewhere in new york um, of um, rugby, which is homegrown with proper American players, you know, it, it is everywhere. But you just got to sort of turn over a few rocks and have a, and have a look. Well, it's very similar too, in a way. the The legacy of the, you know, what we think of as private schools that I think you all call public schools in England. It's the same thing here, where the the Ivy League schools are the ones that have the rugby history. Well, George Bush played. Of course, yeah, yeah, at Yale, and uh, I think Dartmouth is probably one of the biggest rugby schools in the United States, and is so it? it's that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Tell you what, landing a coaching gig at Dartmouth for the for the rugby must be a pretty cool job. <laughs> you gotta like beer, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> uh, I am gonna. Uh, I feel like I had something else to ask, but I'm, this has just been great. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna go into my final thing here. So, um, JB, you have been the best. You're all the guests I could have hoped for and more. I just couldn't be happier about it. Um, if you ever come to the States, or I should say next time you are here, I insist on being the first one to buy you a disgusting Italian uh, cocktail. Uh, I would like to say how all my listeners will now be sure to tune into your lovely pod, but I kind of imagine the crossover is almost complete to begin with. And obviously <laughs> it's you doing me more good than the other way around. So, and But I have to say, but you knew that coming into this and you were more than happy to jump in anyway. And hey, well, that- I'm happy to steal any unique listeners that you have more than <laughs> my, my platform estimates that i have between 20 and 21 so i'm guessing and i think two of them might be me and my wife so y- you might get one so hey you gotta maybe, start maybe it's a rich dude though you gotta start somewhere and you gotta just keep going as i say to everyone in in, in the podcast world you might people ask me like oh yeah how do you do a podcast well you do it every week you do it every week and you never you never ever stop doing it you know i'm trying to and of course, my, my little corner is that I want to talk about rugby all over the world. So, of course, it's happening 52 weeks a year. Like, it, you, you guys concentrate on the Prem, so you got to find stuff sometimes, but you do it anyway. It's one of my favorite things about your pod. Like, every other pod I listen to is on hiatus right now. It, it's you guys that I can count on listening to. No, it's when we've got to steal their listeners. Well, Mr. Beerbor, you are an absolute top lad for joining me here. So much so that I just used the phrase top lad for the first time in my entire life. Amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Well, David, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And if you think of that other question that qu- qu- question that you had, drop me a line and we'll do it again sometime. For sure. That sounds great. You're the best, man. Awesome. Hey, Take care. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Oh, that was so much fun. So good. So good. And thank you all for listening along with me. You know, sometimes it, I, I felt like I was able to just sort of sit back and, and listen. Uh, it's like a, a custom podcast just for you. Um, so I'm wrapping all this up as the rains and winds of what's left of Ida are pounding my windows, doors, and even my bulkhead. I'm lifting things off the floor in the basement to keep them dry against the inevitable flooding that we're going to get tonight. But I'm not bothered in the least because I'm lucky enough uh, to have had a chance to talk rugby in a huge way. And, and not just with people like JB, but like f- people like Phil, uh, pretty soon enough, Professor Tony Collins. I'm hoping uh, Alex Magleby, lots of great people. Um, but the biggest part is uh, with all of you who tune in and bother to care. It's, it's truly pretty great. So as I say each week, 
you know, please be sure to follow me on Twitter. I'm at FScrum. You can email me at the scrum of the earth at gmail.com. If you'd like to help me spread the pod to other rugby fans, you can obviously do so by sharing and most importantly, leaving those positive reviews wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much. Cheers and be well. And JB, thanks again. Awesome stuff. Hear you. Who, me? Hi, you. Algin. Hi, what is it? Me, Damon that Bush. Are you George Bush? Ah, George Bush. Ask him if he's Kate Bush, man. Ask him. Shut up, man. Shut up. Are you Kate Bush? Aye, that's right. Couple of Egypts. <laughs>